0: Welcome to the Backrooms Podcast, where in this week's episode, we are celebrating all things retro. Now, I don't really know what our primary age demographic is, so you're either going to learn about some cool new games today, or walk away from this episode ready to put our heads on the chopping block for calling you old. Either way, odds are I don't think you're going to get the chance. If you can't hear it in my voice, I'm battling COVID right now. And it's more likely that my lungs are going to burst and vital organs cease to function before you even get the chance to find me. So, regardless of your age, please enjoy the show. All right, you show
1: the fuck.
0: Up. Just chilling, <laughs> chilling and grilling because it's
1: hot in here. So, I'm going to talk about something. Okay, ready?
0: Ready when you are.
1: Stoplightology is the study of multi-luminary structures housed within a rectangular prismatic prison that houses the candela family the objective of their function is to display the horrors and emotional deconstruction of photons when siphoned from their natural habitat into optically based artillery exits that's
0: that's what you were typing that 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 whole time i was typing that's why we started 20 (laughs) minutes later than we should have so that you could write that that's what you came up with
1: it was actually a writing prompt no
0: wait there was actually a time um when justin was taking a writing class and i remember him coming to me and he's like i hate writing papers i'm so bad at writing papers and i i was like i'm pretty good at writing papers and i wrote him like a full page essay like very descriptive of him like having constipation.
2: I remember
1: I remember that paper. <laughs> it was so descriptive. You gotta put that in public domain.
0: <laughs> I bet it's still on my computer somewhere. <laughs> I know I didn't delete it. I still have it somewhere.
1: I... Welcome to the podcast. Which one?
0: There's a lot of them. This one. This, rooms, one. this one. The Backrooms
1: Podcast. The backrooms podcast. That's right. That's right. Yes, thank you for spelling it. With Complete your mouth. with
2: COVID. I don't have COVID. <laughs> we got monkeypox. <laughs> oh God, because now we're in a second pandemic. I love it.
1: Never ends. Right up, is bro. the
2: first one ends. It's twenty twenty.
1: Still, it's still twenty twenty right now. Yeah, we're still in twenty twenty. It like, honestly like still feels, feels like
0: twenty
2: like twenty. I, I think we lost. I think we quantum tunneled like a couple I years back in time.
0: Miss twenty twenty in a really fucked up way. Like, like the lockdown was kind of great. Okay. For, like the the for, first, us, for like the first month. For it
1: us, it was fine. I mean, I was still working. It was nice. But whatever. Justin, you're still unemployed. I was working the whole damn time, motherfucker. Were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: you were. It was remote. Uh, My whole job became remote. And then you left.
1: After two years. That
2: was yeah. like a...
0: That was like a fuck you, we can do whatever we want kind of move. Microsoft just closed all of its physical locations. Like, you have to, like, do you recognize the balls on a company to just say, yeah, we don't need any physical locations anymore. We're going to move all our operations online. It'll be fine. I mean, mean, 1.3, 1.4 trillion dollar value. And then they bought
1: Activision like two years later. When you got, you know, one and a half trillion dollars to work with, you can kind of make any decision that you want. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But um, on a smaller scale, what are we talking about? (laughs) On a less (laughs) cosmic
2: scale. Nah, like, yeah. Old. It's retro day. Old games. Semi-retro. Semi-retro. Semi-retro.
1: Retro -retro. retro is a bit of a subjective term.
0: We're 24, 25, so what are we classifying as retro? Can we come to a collective agreement?
1: I would like to talk about anything from, like, the initial 3D era, you know, sort of like early 2000s and Late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, and older. And older. For us, and our generation. When did the Nintendo 64 come out? 95? So, okay. Or or right around there, plus one or two years. So... If what we're gonna if we're gonna discuss, mind. I guess our our older
2: generations of games, and if we're gonna be focusing on the three D era, what were some of the first three D games that really came out that were true three D, not like um, not like
0: um. That's an excellent excellent I segue.
2: I, oh okay. Oh. I, I,
0: well, I do. I can talk about one of my two games here. I brought. I came here with the express intent to talk about two games. Um, The first of which is Gauntlet Dark Legacy. I brought the case here so you guys can take a look. Okay. It is actually a port of an arcade cabinet title um, called Gauntlet Legends that came out in the year, I have it written down here, 1999. Um, It's actually one of the first um, games, at least in this franchise, that made the transition from the 2D era to the 3D era. Um, so Dark Legacy was kind of served as an expansion that was then ported to home consoles in um, 2002 um, home yeah. consoles being Xbox, Playstation 2 what's up?
1: yeah no cause it says like 1998 to 2000 uh, like copyright on the back but the Xbox came out in, in yeah. 2001 yeah, yeah,
0: yeah the actual game okay. came out in like <laughs> the, the very late 90s and then it was ported um, to the Xbox and Playstation 2 um, really really great game um
1: it looks the the front is definitely screaming oh m- 3D modeling <laughs> just came out yep <laughs> and we're not sure how it works. Yeah. Uh, mm, mm, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah,
0: yeah. So basically it was it was an expansion of it, they basically said um, how do we take this arcade title and stretch it out to be a little bit longer so that you know people who are playing it at home can get a little bit more mileage out of it so they added like they basically doubled the length of the original game. They added four but with new, actual content? With actual content. No, no, no. Like four uh four or five whole new um realms. I'll get into it, but but um they added like levels, they doubled the amount of playable characters and they revamped the entire hub world um to be more fitting for like with a controller in at home as opposed to like standing at an arcade cabinet. Um so the premise of the game was, it's a very, very like early 2000s fantasy. Um, there was a sorcerer named Garm who is that, was... Is that the yellow one? No, <laughs> no, he's not on the box. Oh, okay. Um, he basically wants to rule the world, <laughs> dabbles with powers that he's not meant to, <laughs> accidentally summons a demon named Scorn. Um, Scorn kills him. Imprisons his soul, basically, in hell, or the oh, underworld, okay. as they call chill, it. chill, my <laughs> guy. <laughs> Actually, I, I kind of appreciate the sound of it. <laughs> um, And then scatters the rune stones, which are basically um, what you need to access the underworld. Um, they're basically like stones with scribed runes on them, hence rune stones. Oh. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Good scatters movie. them across the eight realms. So the way the game works is... You spawn in in um, Summoner's Tower, which is basically serves as the hub world. and you will go through each of the eight realms. They take up anywhere between five to six levels each. Um, and it's kind of just like a hack and slash, like a very early style Diablo. Just imagine it. If you're if you anybody listening is familiar with the Gauntlet franchise, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's like Diablo, but a little bit more. On rails, we'll call it. Um, it's it's more. You're you start at the beginning, you fight your way through, clear all the areas of enemies, and there's a set endpoint. It's not like, it's not like Diablo where you have like a bunch of randomly generated environments and you're kind of exploring and you don't exactly know where you're going. It's the same every time. It's it's set scripted levels with events that will happen, um, but they're very cool. There's um, I can list them all out. There's the Forsaken Province. Um, The Mountains, then there's the Castle Realm, the Sky Dominion, the Forest Realm, the, the the Desert, the Ice Domain, and then the Dream Realm, which was always my personal favorite because that one was just like the developers on acid just saying, so, let's just fucking do whatever we want at this
1: point. Was this a multiplayer type of game? It
0: was. It really was. And um, it is the only game that my entire family played together.
1: Oh Yeah, and that's okay. why I
0: hold, it, it holds a very special place in my heart because my whole family, my mom included, who does not play video games in the slightest, would we would all sit, you know, we were playing on the Duke, so our, our wires were stretched mm. out across the living room, but me, my dad, my brother, and my mom would all play this game together because you could play with up to four-player co-op. And um, it, it's just... It's it, it was really fun. It wasn't split screen, so it does that really annoying thing where, like, you have to, you can't go, like, more than a certain distance oh. away from it. Kind of like Halo Infinite. Oh. <laughs> you know Halo Infinite co-op now, Um, but everybody has to be, like, on the screen. You know what at games do that a lot?
2: The
1: it... Lego games. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh... GTA San Andreas, the local, the local multiplayer, if you ever play it, the camera, it, it's not two cameras. It's like one camera that pans and stretches only so much oh so you can only... Yes, yeah, that's, that's so basically, that's distance. what happens. That's what yeah. happens. It, and, it, and it's kind of a
0: pain in the ass sometimes because you can get like stuck on stuff. No, going and then, this way. Yeah, no, it's... Minecraft Dungeons, too. <laughs> M- Minecraft Dungeons, yeah. Minecraft Dungeons. I remember so fondly like us no, all Minecraft screaming Dungeons. at each other. No, I don't think Minecraft, no, Minecraft does do that. that. If you play local, play Oh, it. if you play, oh, if you play yeah. local. Right. Local. I think that's just a function of local co-op. If you're not playing split screen, at least. Mm. Yes, yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the trade-off it you have to make.
1: Brings moments out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I just remember, like, so fondly us... <laughs> fondly. Uh, uh, us all, like, screaming at each other over, like, Stop stealing all the loot! I'm I need food. Stop stealing all the food. You got all the magic potions. What the fuck What are you doing over there? We're trying to go this way. We, we can't go need them We later. can't get any further if you don't fucking come over here. <laughs> it's just
1: I'm uh,
0: walking here. I'm walking has Fantastic game. That's Fantastic awesome. game. And it has the game. It doesn't have, you know, an incredible amount of substance. The combat system is very basic. Um it's kind of all just different ranged attacks mm-hmm. um for every character. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, if you've never played it, it's a fun ride through. It's difficult to play it now because it's only, it's not backwards compatible on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was only available on like the original, like first gen consoles,
1: mm. at, at least
0: by the Xbox standards. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I highly recommend it.
1: It's a game, I'd say from the same era or
2: what year did that, what, 2000 you said? This one was 2002. 2002? 2002.
0: It, it, it was 2001 for the PlayStation, and then it was Xbox in 2002.
1: Okay. Yeah. Was that PlayStation 1? When did the 2 come out? When did no, PS2 the 2,
0: PlayStation 2 was actually was the this? same generation as the original Xbox.
1: PlayStation so, so 1 came out 01? earlier. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I never, uh, PS2 is still the most sold game console time. Is it really? All time, yeah really uh, yeah but it says like 150 160 million units i think the only two that approach it are the wii and i think now the switch is mm. starting to get up there um but and it's one of the only consoles i've never ever owned ever i've never i have an extra had. well not you an extra i have an old one a ps2 yeah fat boy or slim slim uh, you want it i mean if you're not doing anything then sure. the
0: original xbox is the old is the oldest console that i own I, I didn't have anything prior to that. I didn't have a GameCube, Did Nintendo. you play on, like, a
1: computer or anything like that? Or you just didn't play, yeah, like, video games? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I played a few games here and there, like, on, on Windows 98. I used to play this game, Sim Theme Park, all the time. Mm. That, <laughs> that I was not planning on talking about that, but that's a game. <laughs> but, but somebody else, please. I don't want to hog the whole conversation. Sure,
1: sure, sure. Jack, you look you have something to say. I really don't have much to say. Okay, that's fine. I'd... I'll keep talking. Okay. <laughs> I have I have quite a few games I'm thinking, but you reminded me of a game I didn't actually have listed, and it was and you mentioned it like a week ago I think Pac-Man World. Oh, they're remastering it. Yeah, uh, that I would like to play just for the nostalgia. uh, Oh my god, that was for the PS One. I don't know if it was on other platforms, maybe it was, but I know I played it on PS One. You know, it was one of those earlier initial 3D games, a 3D platformer game, and I don't remember a lot of specifics about playing the game but i remember the time like the uh, some of the uh, real world things that were going on when i was like playing the game yeah one particular thing was i i invented um a sandwich uh <laughs> like
0: like you went to the kitchen and you like put a bunch of random shit together well and no like, i i took this food and i put it
1: on the floor and i made something <laughs> it's a spicy meatball <laughs> no i was playing with uh with one of my old friends and I had a can of Pringles, and he had some goldfish. And so I took two Pringles, and you know how sometimes you can make like the duck, yeah. like mouth, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but you take the duck mouth and you and you and you look inside and you see the void of your soul, and then you say, "I want to put something in that because I don't want to that anymore." So I'm gonna take the goldfish. <laughs> I <think> you just <laughs> described so many eating disorders. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna take the goldfish. I'm going to put it in there. It was barbecue chips with the multicolored goldfish, and you made pringfish. What? (laughs) Or goldels. It's a spicy shit sandwich. (laughs) That was a really dumb story, but it's something that I did while playing that game. I remember traversing like random you have random fragments of memories in that age like that around that era a lot of times. <laughs> That's one of them. Would, so was that like related to the fact that you were playing the game or yes, it just like or it, it just was, like
0: triggered a memory? No, no,
1: no. I was playing the game at the same time that I made that discovery.
0: But like were you playing the game and like something about it like gave you the idea like
1: hmm? Um, I should try this. Maybe, because Pac-Man is like, walk, walk, walk. and he, he just consumes. Yeah, <laughs> so the Pringles go, make a mouth, and go, walk, 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 and then they eat the goldfish, and then right. you go,
0: walk, 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 on the whole thing. should be a therapist. I'm helping you, like, unravel <laughs> your <laughs> past drama history. <laughs>
1: Did you have something? What? No, you I... look like you are about to say something. No. Okay, I'm good. that's fine. I'll keep talking. So, another game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean... You guys seem to have a much more,
1: I don't know, interesting childhood interactions with games or something. I
2: don't know. I mean, like for me, when I I was young, the first first games I really played, um, it's hard for me to really pinpoint, but um, there are a few games on the original Xbox that I have some memories over because I played it with my father. But um, so games like Halo CE. As you say, yeah. When she you know, we talked we talked about that um before. But two other games that I played with my father um when I was younger was the Fable, the first Fable game. I've never played a Fable game. They're fun. I have eighty-seven STDs in Fable Three. Oh, I Lord. need to understand that game
1: because like how, how many of them need? did
0: I give to you? Because I know that we have a child together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> are you the, are you different well, biological makeups? I think so. Because I'm like, how do you...
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Child yeah, generally, yeah, 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 yeah. Requires... Unless we adopt, we can adopt. Did, can um, you adopt? The, you can uh, adopt, yeah. Uh,
0: the, okay.
2: You can have gay relationships. It's I amazing. It's actually a really a s- sick game. I, okay. I do know
0: my character was white. Your character was white. Our child did come out black. I'm not... I'm not upset about it. I'm, I'm just, just confused. confused. Because I <laughs> don't know if I'm missing a piece of the puzzle. Is there somebody else in the picture? Do I not know what's going on? I'm just very confused. I have a lot of questions. I think that's just I'm the
1: hurt. problem with the game I'm engine. Gonna need, <laughs> I'm going to need one of you to give me like a two-sentence summary of what the fuck the game is like about. What do you, yeah, you
2: do? So I it's a, even tell you. <laughs> it's a fantasy RPG. Okay. Where you play as... I... You're you're essentially royalty, okay. And depending on which of the games, you know, your family gets murdered. Are you royalty in all of them? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've only played. Oh, actually, no, only the third one. You're royalty, but essentially, you become the chosen hero of the, you know, through fate and whatnot. You know that that trope of the fable, um, of I forget the name of the world, something with an A. Oh, um, oh my God. Albert,
0: Albert, Alberton, <laughs> Alberton. No, I don't think so. The world. I was of... actually just watching something about Fable Three the other day.
1: Albert's world. Albatross. Albatross.
2: <laughs> so, is there fighting
1: mechanics? <laughs> yes. Do you... So, it's
2: a, it's a, like Albion. 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 Oh my um, god! But it essentially, you, you are. I don't really. to. to, to I guess the, the best way to describe it. You are essentially going to be making choices and decisions that are either, you know, overtly evil or overtly good, which will impact, you know, the way you interact with people. You end up becoming royalty. You could become well-known. You build a reputation. Um, some of the games do it better than others. But there is combat. There is magic or willpower, I guess mm-hmm. they call it in that game. Okay. But um, I think the best of them from, like, a... It's it's hard to say because Fable 3 was much more refined, mm-hmm. and then it had a much more, in, like... There was melee, ranged weapons, magic. Right. And then, obviously, similar to, like, the role-playing aspect to get more in-depth with it, you could get a job. You could... I do yeah, you, like, play that. the game by play, doing could, the job? yeah. Like like, oh, like, I bake cookies or you bake I bake fish. You be a musician or you be an armorer or a weaponsmith. I remember that. Uh, you could
1: be a landlord. You could buy real estate. Do you spend like like say if you're you're a weaponsmith or whatever? It's all real world microtransactions. I was, no, I was gonna say, are you spending like you know like twelve real world hours like crafting weapons, just pounding it yes. with a hammer, no, no, no putting it through the fires, yes, the yes, blast fire?
2: Maybe maybe like a couple minutes, but not okay. like. <laughs> compounded over the course of 12 hours but it's it was it honestly for someone for a young kid especially fable one um where that kind of stuff was not really as i guess overt Mm -hmm. yeah games that's a good word um it's pretty cool i like the spin that um
0: they put because jack was mentioning how um you could be overtly good or overtly evil um, when when you become royalty, the game forces you to make a lot of decisions that will either very positively or very negatively affect, um, the townspeople, but will also inversely affect your bank account. Um, and the well, premise the behind bank, the bank account of, of, the, the, of the the the, 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 the treasury, treasury, the yeah, treasury. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Um, and the the spin that they put on it is: Do you want to be well liked? Or do you want to protect everybody because there's like an evil coming and you have to have enough money to raise an army to defend your people and unfortunately the things that will cause you to make money is... I think the option that nets you the most amount of money is, like, demolishing an orphanage to, put to a, build a to brothel. To build a brothel, yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's like... It gets you, like, a million dollars. So if, like,
1: if that protects the at, whole village at the end. But then when you
2: go through the game a second time, you have this predisposition that you know. So you have to spend as much time getting to the point where you can have money. So you don't need to just demolish that, right. that orphanage. You spend the money... But now you mm. still have reserves in your treasury.
0: I, I played through it the first time and I wanted it to be good. Yeah. And I didn't realize what would happen at the end of the game. I made all the good choices because I wanted to be well liked. No, in case Justin plays
2: it, no spoilers. I'm kind of interested in playing Which really one? The good third game. one? The third one. Yeah, we should play that together. I will say. Can you play that with three people? I don't. I think it's two player go
0: up. Player. But either way, if you make all the good choices, you would expect to get a good ending. No. <laughs> there, there is no good ending. There's no good ending. It's just, it's like a morality kind of thing. Uh. I mean, you have to weigh out the options because people will die.
2: Yeah. I the the third fable goes a lot more heavily into the like politics more than anything, where like because they're in an age of industry, or mm. so it's like a, a take on the industrial revolution and stuff like that. Um. But all three of them, I think, do a very good job of of doing a dichotomy between ethics and morality. The only issue I have is they kind of force you... Like, every decision you make, you know is either... The game is either saying this is good, this is bad. It's not letting you make the decision, in a sense. It's telling you this is good, this is bad.
1: See, but everyone always told me games are just for poo-poo children.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean... So the first fable game was w- w- one of the first games I played with my father on top of Halo. Mm-hmm. And then another game I played with my mom and my dad. Uh one that my mom was actually when she retired she's like, "Jack, can I have the old Xbox so I can play this game, Azeric Rise of Parathia?" I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, I don't know so. It was like it was an open world, like a true open world like OG Xbox game. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I've talked about it before, but... It was actually pretty cool. Um, You were... If you pull up, like, box art for the game, the main character looks like he belongs in Avatar, the movie. Uh, He's blue. Um, What is the name of this game again? Azurik. A-Z-U-R-I-K. Rise of Parathia. Essentially, you know, you're like a guardian of this world. And the the elemental disks which keep the elements in balance are, um, are stolen and shattered, mm-hmm. right? And you have to like go around and get it back. But all the powers that you have have been stripped from you, so you have to go get your powers back too. And it was open world to an extent because mm-hmm. like there were a lot of um, parts where you have to go to this part first before you can get to this part. So early 2000s open world, it still did a pretty good job. So was I think, it like a
1: hub world type of no. thing? Like, did you go to, okay. It was just literally just, you had
2: the the city in the center, which was uh, whatever the name of the city was. And then you had your regions to the north, you had your region to the north, regions to the east, west, and south. Mm-hmm. And each region, and then there were cave systems and, and, you know, transit systems connecting everything. So for an early 2000s game, it was pretty impressive um, looking back on it.
1: Um, I think around that era is, like, when games started to be able to create, like, actual engaging narratives, yeah. like, on a more deep level, I think. Like, I'll basically, say, PS1, and 64 era and up, so, like, late 90s and up, when technology started to, like, catch up and enable you to just do more with games and there's 3D elements now, it's just, like, that's... Because before that, it's... There were very far and few between the games that could actually have like an in- an interesting story or narrative that wasn't just like to serve the gameplay purpose. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, what you were about to
0: say? No, something. no, I, I was gonna say like I feel like I love that, I love that, and I feel like A early two thousands games, like the game you were just talking oh, about, I brought it up. I, there. I um. I feel like early 2000s games were... I'm, I'm going to run the risk of sounding really like old. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a boomer. I was born in the wrong generation. But like early 2000s games, I feel like, were just so much more creative. You don't see stuff like that anymore. And I think I'm at I'm least part At of the least problem. in the mainstream. In the mainstream. And, and I think I'm part of the problem. Because I'm going to be honest. If I walked into GameStop tomorrow and I saw that on the shelf, I would probably just graze right past it. Yeah. And it's probably a fantastic game. But just looking at it, it's like... It's not mm-hmm. what I'm... Gravitating right. towards, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks. I, I but... think,
2: I think it's a, I think it's just the way that we've kind of grown. Because you know, as much as like, like you're saying, I, I kind of agree with you. There's a the lack of creativity these days. Like, what's the most ex- game that we're most excited for this this next year or two? Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Really? Yeah. What
1: Without about a you, doubt. What I, about you, I, I don't, I, I can't, you know. Ragnarok I was gonna say Ragnarok, is Ragnarok up there. There. absolutely <laughs> nope. up there
2: now what's it a... so you guys are the problem well no what do you <laughs> mean that's, no, a that's, a, that's a fantastic game, game. that's true creative but, uh, and an un a quote-unquote non-creative game that all three of us are probably excited for oh MW2 MW2 yeah okay. I, am. I am I'm excited for that but is that creative yeah. eh, I think yeah. it's a product of
0: the fact that like in that era it, it, it was it was the wild wild west. Oh, absolutely! No, people were just throwing shit at the wall at that point mm. to see what would stick. That was before Halo got big. That was before Call of Duty got big. That was before Grand Theft Auto got big. There was no like, there was no blueprint for people to follow to say, well, this is gonna sell like hotcakes every year, no matter what. So we don't have to be creative. We no. don't have
2: to do anything new. You want to know a fucking wild game? People could just do whatever the hell they wanted, and it was awesome. The Odd World games. Have you guys ever played those? I've, I've heard. Them, I but haven't, I've never but I've heard, I've
0: seen
1: Kadikaris do a lot of videos about it. My uh, I played Oddworld oh, Munch's oh, Odyssey. Oh, was that like a sort of platform, like side view platformer type of thing? They have so oh, some of the verse? games.
2: Some of them were like platformers, like side to side platformers. Yeah, there was a few that were like three D, like mm-hmm. true three D. Like Munch's Odyssey was one of them, and it's such an odd game. It was very, in, yeah. it was interesting to see. Like there's that word again. Was it? It's but interesting. it's interesting. Like, I mean,
1: it it was just, not just, following any kind of yeah, trend. It was yeah, very it, much its it own. Had a very, unique it, identity.
2: The the art design was very tribal. You know, mm. so like
1: mm-hmm. um, there was like alien type of like blue-ish
2: of, dudes or something yeah, like that. It, with just, like these
1: weird shaped faces and like weren't
2: their lips sewed shut? Some of them, if were if yeah. thinking of the right game. But you know. At around those times, not that I with, do an with, outer
0: worlds, outer wilds thing again,
2: <laughs> but um, it started to get heavy into like, the, like you you were saying before, to bring back to your point, games at this time were starting to get more heavy with their narratives and their themes. That was a game about slavery, in a sense. If you think about slavery and um, genocide, mm. and like maybe even even to an extent, um, just overuse of resources, because one of the characters you play as, he's the last of his kind. Mm. Other than this one can of his eggs that's being sold on the on the marketplace mm. to the highest bidder, and that's like the the core of the game. And it's like his huh. partner is an ex slave who escaped custody of this corporation. And it's like this is the fucking early two thousands. This this was a T rated game.
1: There, I, I think, also culturally, <laughs> is like that is up until around that time frame, people didn't have the belief that games could could tell gripping narratives and gripping stories um and whether that was because of technological limitations which i think it was partly um or just people not exploring the medium to their to its fullest potential like having that that engagement rather than a movie you're a passive viewer it's like being actually trying to put yourself in the scenario because you're the one making the decisions and controlling it it's a totally different way to just interact with media and um one of the games that definitely set the bar in terms of when the 3D era came out is absolutely Super Mario 64. Yes.
2: So, I actually did not have a lot of experience with that.
0: Really? Yeah. No, neither did, it did I. I.
2: Really? Well, I didn't <sighs> have a 64. Oh, okay. Yeah, you said you had an Xbox. So, <clears throat> when I was in grade school, like I was young. I was probably like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Maybe even younger. Ah, you yeah, ten years old. Let's go with ten. I was ten years old. Sounds like a safe number, huh? Sounds like a safe number. <laughs> Sounds like a safe number. Um, my my parents would drop me off to like a uh, like a day not a daycare but like before school like a mm. preschool not a preschool.
0: <laughs> Semantics. Like a, <laughs> Semantics.
2: Like an orphanage before you went to school. Hoping <laughs> sure. somebody takes you. Sure. No. So <laughs> what? It was a place where kids whose parents were too busy to wait for them with the bus and right, stuff like that, right. so that she would drop me off like two hours before my parents, and then um, a bunch of kids would just be there in a in a, somebody's basement. Playing video games. This is getting scary. <laughs> no, and, and then school. The school bus would come, and then you go to school. Okay. Um, so it was like a friend's house, or you said No, it was, it was a babysitter essentially. Oh, it was okay. a babysitter. oh found okay. so. kind him of on Craigslist. I don't know. No, it was some. It was someone's mother at the school. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um. So it was fucking legit. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. They were probably okay. part of the PTA.
1: Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yes. No, well, parent teacher association. <laughs> okay. <laughs> those are too many syllables from sorry (laughs) it's getting deep um anyway
2: my limited experience with super mario 64 was
1: there okay
2: that went way off track
1: my i i owned i still own an (laughs) x64 and i i did play that game when i was younger amongst a couple other games there was also before i go into the game itself the other game one of them is is uh, Kurt. I'm, I'm gonna probably butcher the name Kirby 64 or Kirby and the Crystal Shards. Kirby and
2: the Crystal Shards. Yeah,
1: um, great <laughs> a good game. Great game. You know what? The platforming itself is like you know not as tight as like oh, the two D it's 2D ones, ones. In, in But in uh, the in Kirby, in Kirby. Yeah the the Crystal Shards for the N64. Say, I've never um, heard anybody say that about Mario 64. No 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 Kirby. But like. Just the idea of like power combinations and yeah. things like that was it was so cool and just like that was half the fun of the game was just trying out different stuff. Um but another part of my life that I remember playing this era of like consoles and games is the couple years that I went to camp. Um you know, also probably around the same like, like eight, 10 nine, old. ten to, to like twelve, like eight to twelve range. And one of the times that we would get which is i think after we'd eat in like a big cafeteria a big like you know warehouse type of thing they'd have a separate room off um in the same building but it had like a bunch of game consoles set up so the kids could like oh, play cool. you was know it, like was this for... camp kenwall yes it was oh <laughs> <laughs> where you could just like play i don't know how long half hour an hour something like that um and, you know, the controllers are thrashed. The games are all over the place and shit. But, like, oh you know, there's some games you could play there that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. Like, I remember playing um, the original Super Smash Bros. on N64. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was, a, I think, yeah. my first experience with that game in, um, anywhere. And that's a lot of retro gaming is for for people. where Wherever you define retro is like and your Retro childhood. is a
0: subjective term. Yeah. It's, it's important to say yes.
1: that. Yes. Um, Everything will
0: become it at some point.
1: Super Mario 64 set the benchmark, and still, it's still a great game today as far as 3D platforming goes. On Nintendo's first fucking try, they did so exceptionally well. There are quirks and little bugs and things with the way the game works, but it's also, you know, I think you can completely forgive that (laughs) for the era that it was in. Um Something as a side note, (laughs) if you ever play either through emulation or or on the original consoles, a lot of these older games and older consoles, one thing you'll notice is the interfaces are all designed as if you're playing on like small displays, like elements are larger or there's not as much clutter on the screen mm-hmm. oftentimes because TVs were smaller and lower resolution. So like you blow that up on, you know, your standard 65 inch that everybody's got in the living room nowadays, it's going to look like enormous, enormous and blurry. Yeah, but it's just a little interesting thing as I've been personally going back playing older games recently. I'm,
0: I'm curious now because the first time I ever played Super Mario 64 was like last year.
1: No, no really? fucking way! Yeah. really? Yeah,
0: when when Nintendo did the um, the Super uh, Mario Star- All Stars, the 3D All Stars, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, where they did the three bundle of um, Mario 64, Sunshine, Sunshine and, 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 you and Galaxy.
1: Started up and I'm like, wow, this is cool, and you just don't play it. <laughs> Sounds like something Brian Okay, so no.
0: like I bought it for Galaxy and I, I stayed put a, for the rest. Okay.
1: No,
2: no, Put a bunch of ADHD kids in a uh, summer camp, call that a concentration camp. Oh, oh no.
1: it's oh, an anti concentration camp.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's horrible. Uh, it's a, it, that's cool. But I'm curious like, yeah. is. That's probably not the the true experience of playing mario sixty four the because only... I'm sure they probably upscaled the resolution a little bit yes. to work on the switch.
1: It is it isn't it's not remastered or remade. It's it's through emulation right. that It's working off of the cartridge. And so the only the only things that really get modified is like it's a resolution bump and I think the 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 texture resolution for stuff is improved. So it looks a little better, a little cleaner on like modern displays. But more or less, it's the same experience. The only thing that it would change is Nintendo the N64 in that era was like the last um the last hurrah for really really interesting console and controller designs cuz the N64 had the weird stupid trident design yeah. for its controller. Well yeah,
2: but let's let's keep that in the past. Yeah.
1: I well, agree. I know. <laughs> I think it's interesting like cuz you get to see if you look through all the years of different the way that consoles are designed from both a hardware external perspective like like aesthetic and also the controllers it's just it's just interesting to see how companies experimented because there wasn't any standard like there is now. You have two joysticks, you have a D-pad, you have bumpers, triggers, and buttons. That's like every fucking controller because that's just what it has naturally come to in a conclusion of The Duke,
0: the original Xbox controller, the Duke modernized essentially what we know yeah. now as modern controllers yeah. i hate the duke really <laughs> but i appreciate it what, compared to what we have now oh, yeah, yes yeah. i hate it it's bulky it's a mess it, it everything feels so spaced out it's not comfortable to hold it has a wire Let's oh, leave it up, no, not a wire. Did you leave ever it try? The they did
1: release in that era like an updated original uh, yes. Xbox controller. so was like actually smaller.
0: the ones that I had were the updated ones, okay, um which were Those a little were bit bad. better. Those they were a bad. little bit better. but the Duke is just it's, it's yeah. a little unwieldy, I think, still.
1: for anyone um, without like enormous fucking hands. Exactly. I
0: which dainty. I do not. <laughs> I have little dainty hands, especially
2: for someone your size. that's it's like you're a little fucking freak. It's cause all my
1: all the size went to somewhere else
0: yeah my brain bone <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: it's that's a game that I went back to and I'm like this still what I game? feel like it uh, N64, N64 uh, Super, uh, Mario, Super Mario 64 still <laughs> holds <game>? up N64 <laughs> it still holds up there's some quality of life stuff coming from like say Super Mario Odyssey a direct like lineage uh, from that that like I appreciate in the newer games but it's still a great game that is, I think, a problem coming back to older games if you've never played them or had little experience. is like, oh, this was great in 1996. Right. Uh, you know, but ugh, like some Goldeneye. games don't... golden GoldenEye. Yeah, some yeah. games really don't hold up. They were great for their era, uh, but or introduced new concepts yeah. that are now they, just normal.
0: They were fantastic at the time. They set a precedent for what we have now. Um, and we can always appreciate them for that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to pick up the trident and play and
2: yeah. uh, play GoldenEye on the n64 yeah. it's just not well yeah what i mean I like it, do. even going back to some of the games that i still like i played i downloaded like some sketchy xbox emulator on my computer to play Azuric rise of parathia is that why you have a new computer no um <laughs> and there are some aspects of it that are a little aged but I think it held up very well, especially compared to like the Odd World games had some wonky movement here mm. and there. Otherwise, aged pretty well. Uh, the old Legend of Zelda games, so like the N sixty four era, so uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, fantastic games. You cannot enjoy the aiming mm. and the and the look control. It was in like an games. interesting
1: lock on. Well, not even just the lock
2: on of... system. It's just like whenever you're free looking or not locked on. It's a disaster. Um, they fixed it with the like the quote unquote re-releases, I guess, like okay. on the on the
1: 3ds. So, when they modify like the controls, or is it the game actually like kinda like works the look,
2: a the different? look, the like the the local controls, the, the like I guess the sensitivity curve or the
1: mm-hmm.
2: however the actual mechanics work, but it,
1: it it's modernized. It, it, okay. it, it works now. That's good. That's good. Um. That can those things like that can be like a barrier for uh, yeah. for people to enjoy these older games that maybe they never got to play. Yeah. Um. Kirby and the Crystal Shards not very it doesn't
2: have a lot of depth to it.
1: No, but, no, it's it's quite a short game with you know it's just it's
2: like, Halo you know, CE
1: had a pretty hard barrier when it came to difficulty, especially at the higher difficulties. That and there was a lot of like yeah. repeat and in the a lot game, of repeat, you know, yes. backtracking because for, for saving like a development time. Truthfully,
0: the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, it, the the game kind of follows the structure of going through the campaign for the first five six levels and then doing it backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you really think about it, that's true. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it, very. It's, it's, I didn't even think of that. It
1: fits, like guess, the narrative and also. It saves on on development time and development costs, and just you, you have you have limited resources and limited you know information you could put on disk. There's just a whole lot of limitations that come with that. I pull it off. It's a fantastic yeah. game. It's really, <clears throat> I, I. <clears throat> there's an aspect of older games that there's an aspect of older games that I do want to mention. Um, that it's really interesting the ways that developers worked around the limitations of of the hardwares in different ways Bumsy like z3d uh, <laughs> just like on a technical level <laughs> the things okay, that they babe. had to do or how how working working limitations into the game like that and in other ways it's just like there's not a lot of that now because we have all the ram all the storage and all the processing power in the world that it can you can just do whatever you want yeah. but it also frees up people to now create a lot more interesting concepts. They don't have to worry about like, oh, I have to optimize for this or I have to make sure I have enough um, um, storage space for all my content or that it's not going to use too much RAM. Like, that's right. not a thing you have to worry about, which is good. But also, people are not as <coughs> going going to try and optimize their games for larger games. And stuff right. That comes in play. But yeah, interesting co- aspect about that. Yeah,
2: that, that's true. Like, I guess, in a sense, like, if, if Resident Evil was never released back in the day, right and they wanted to make Resident Evil one the original Resident Evil with the crappy look control the crappy like movement and look system would the game if they've released it for the first time today right without any prior games would it have the same success if it didn't have that look system because a lot of people that's part of the game that's part of the horror and the experience but people would not i, I accept don't that. think so I don't think so,
0: and I think a big part of it is the fact that it was unprecedented at the time. There was nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really two sides to it because, you know, what would the gaming landscape look like today had it not existed back then? Right. Right? So what would we have to compare it to? But also, you know, if somebody came to me... And, and put that in front of my face. Any game with tank controls like that in front of my face today, I'm going to say get that bullshit out of well, my face. No, no. what, what I'm
2: trying to say is, like, if they released Resident Evil 1 today without the, the tank controls. Oh,
0: without the tank yeah. controls. Yeah. Oh.
2: But there was never, ever a Resident Evil release beforehand. Would that game have success? I because don't know. part of that game's appeal, that... Like, they, the limitation of the hardware or whatever, their limitation of mm-hmm. their game development forced them to make a decision with the tank controls because it built into, like, the horror aspect.
0: So we're talking one-to-one complete recreation of the same game just with updated controls. Yes. That's a tough question, honestly, because, like you said, the controls do kind of – they are a part of the horror aspect, but – that game is very well renowned. Feel like it'd be,
2: well like it'd be a, a different game. The though. game is
0: very well renowned for its atmosphere. Yeah, that's a part of it. Um, I, I, there's also a lot of that game that's that's memed on pretty hard, like the voice acting. So I, it's that's a really, really, really tough example.
1: I would say that no, I don't think it would be successful or nearly as successful as any of the other games would have been. Probably. Because games like that set trends a lot of the time. Like they, they're, they're, they're like Silent Hill and Resident Evil and Super Mario 64. Like they're, they're very much like the cores of those genres when they kind of became prevalent in, in the gaming sphere. Um, and if they didn't do that at that time, somebody else probably would have. And so that game coming out would be like, oh, it's nothing really new. Right. I mean, maybe it That's would have been, point. but oftentimes if one person doesn't do it, another person will. So, ah, such is the game say. of life. <laughs> if I'm not going to commit this
2: crime, someone else will. <laughs> I mean, so I might as well do it anyway. Just might as well do it, <laughs> be the one to reap the
1: benefits, yeah,
0: or the consequences <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the consequences of our sponsor for today, Anchor. <laughs> I, the consequences I, being we get that paid. we're never
0: going to get another sponsor <laughs> oh, no. if you keep saying Anchor. Yeah.
1: And anyone else who would like to sponsor us. Thank you. Okay. Um, we'll be back. And we'll be right back. back.
2: Welcome back. So apparently stinky feet, like a home remedy for it, is u- u- urinate, uh, human urine.
1: But then it smells like pee. Like, so, is it just smelling different count as solving the issue?
2: Um, anal itching, uh, placing a warm tea bag on the area of itching
1: is or like, irritation. Um, so you have to get tea bagged to solve the issue, is what you're telling me. Dandruff,
2: snake gourd juice, or selenium. I have no idea what
1: that is. What I don't book own, is this from? I don't this is, this a, is a book. A, a, any dink, <laughs> dink noodles.
0: I I actually went on on Google the other day cuz I I've been getting a lot of like mosquito bites around my ankles. I was like, "Why are my ankles so like fucking juicy?" And then they were basically like, "Yeah, your feet stink. Mosquitoes are attracted to to foot odor." Uh, I
1: was like, "Oh. Okay. They did you in. Cool. You got me. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back from the break, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome so you, back to Feet Treat. <laughs> so, you had some uh, over there, Jack? You, you Say again. Some, you had, I'm you sorry. had a little something? A little something? something? You had a plan for us? I, I did
2: have a plan. So I lost. I think, I think a way for us to, to, I think another topic of interest that we can discuss. <clears throat> we are very young. Yeah right so even though we feel like early 2000s seems like like that that turning point in gaming history so far at least when it comes to like narrative and and you know adjustments to 3D and so on and so forth um games before then we didn't really have access to
1: they weren't native to they us they weren't native to us
2: so for us we had to re- uh, not retroactively play these games but what's the term not proactively I mean
1: you have to make a conscious effort to like go and play an older game because you you have some interest for whatever reason that may be I think a great example for me two I have two there was
2: a game compilation on the GameCube called the Bandai Namco Museum and it was a collection of like 15 old arcade games by Bandai Namco and it was just on GameCube. It had Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, um, Galaga, Galaxia, um, some other couple of weird games. It had Dig Dug, like a remaster of Dig Dug. And they were all arcade games. But they, it was just like this fun little thing I had on my little GameCube. And it was sick to to get to revisit these games from my like my brother-in-law he has a real arcade cabinet in Mm -hmm. his basement he plays he played those games growing up he plays them now but now I my experience was on a GameCube at home
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like the The
2: true sign of wealth is having like an arcade cabinet somewhere in your house
1: (laughs) (laughs) that are extreme nerdiness only only a certain kind of person
2: which is cool which is cool all right extreme wealth or extreme poverty Fair. And then the second example I have is my first introduction to, we briefly mentioned like the old Legend of Zelda games, um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I actually was not introduced to those during the period that they came out. So on the Nintendo 64, I was too young. I played them on a Legend of Zelda collection edition, like a GameCube game, and it had the first Legend of Zelda, it had A Link to the Past Or no The Adventures of Link, so the first two Zelda games to come out in Nintendo's Timeline It had Wind Waker, like, tutorial Because it was GameCube Wind mm-hmm. Waker, I guess, didn't come out yet I don't know, mm-hmm. it was a tutorial for Wind Waker And then it also had Majora's Mask And Ocarina of Time on it Like, ported to GameCube mm-hmm. So I kinda, after the fact played all these old games and I guess let me let me ask you guys what 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 games did you get to play after the fact
1: a recent one for me because I've um, <clears throat> as you guys know I've made like a little sort of like retro cabinet with an old Crt TV that I had and some old consoles that I had and uh, don't
0: break my chair again no that was my my hip oh. <laughs> and you say we're young but like my body's decomposing as we speak <laughs> mm. i don't
2: know my knee has been in so much pain today and it's i have no idea why
1: you gotta watch the, the weather you, know, you don't hit it too hard with the mallet
2: atmospheric pressure <laughs> maybe but no it's not like a dull pain it's a sharp pain oh well that's not that's, that's
0: not, good. not that no <laughs>
1: But one of the games that I've always had an interest in and always heard things about, I um, never got a chance to play, was Earthbound. It was released on the SNES, and it is technically, I believe, the third game in the series that it comes from, called the Mother, the, well, the Mother games, Mother series. Um, I believe it was Mother Three, released elsewhere uh, in Japan, but came here as Earthbound, um, and they are. The closest game that I can think of, and I, I believe this game was inspired by Earthbound and the mother series, is Undertale. Undertale, yeah. And, yeah. and the, the other one that I can't remember he released that came out. Um, it wasn't as relevant, unfortunately. Um, but it's a sort of top-down, <clears throat> sprite-based, 2D RPG kind of game. Uh Turn-based RPG. Uh, yes, yeah. Kind of in the vein of, like, Pokemon almost, yeah. where you, you're you roaming around the world and, and you interact or uh, encounter an enemy and then you go into sort of, like, this battle screen uh, and you choose, you know, what you want to do on your turn. Do you want to use a, a certain type of weapon? Do you want to have someone else attack? Do you want to use an item, etc. Like, that kind of, you know, turn-based RPG. And the gameplay of it and i haven't played like the whole game yet but the gameplay of it is fine enough that it's not like boring or tedious or tedious um it certainly isn't as out of the box as something like undertale which if for anyone that's listening that hasn't played undertale i implore you to it's a very good game um but it has very interesting mechanics that you wouldn't think would work in that kind of a game but it does um but the part of the game that i actually like is the like the dialogue and the, and the narrative i find it interesting and funny actually you know 30 plus years on like the way that the characters talk and like little jokes and the way that they speak is just it's funny and entertaining and it's still like that kind of a game is something that i think does hold up even if the gameplay is fairly simple the art style is not super complex but, like, it's enjoyable from that perspective. And you could feel there's a lot of, like, love that went into that that game and that game series. Um, the, if you remember, I know you guys may know this, and this will give you a, a, a piece of context. Um, from Super Smash Bros. Brawl, the Subspace Emissary.
2: Right, yes. So, uh, okay. one of the
1: enemies. The
2: uh, fucking, not is, Porky.
1: Y- yes. It was Porky. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, like, this kind of chubby-headed kid with, like, blonde bowl cut. Yeah, but he's covering like, his eyes. Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah, like, it like a spider thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I assume maybe that comes later on, but he's, like, one of the one of your friends in the initial part of that game. Like, he helps you, but he's kind of like a, a cowardice person. Um, so he'll always, like, push you. Like, he'll go and... You know, try and find the encounter or, like, be the one to, to, like, push the story on. And then when something happens, he, like, runs back. Yeah. It's like, oh, sh- I know a few shit. people okay. like that. Excuse me? No, not you. Uh,
2: he looked at <laughs> you. <don't>... just immediately <laughs> panned. To he pry. stared into the windows <laughs> of no, my because, soul. Because I figured, like, you would look at me and, like, we would think the same person
1: because I think we know a person like that. <laughs> I am not sure. But I'm sure that you do. But that's a game that I'm really enjoying. And um the reason that I get to play that is because of emulators. Yeah. Because it can be hard to access like original um hardware if you don't already have it. To try and source something that works or get it to connect to something that works. Um, or to get that genuine experience like playing sometimes, you know, on a CRT is gonna feel different than playing on an emulator. But um that's actually something that I that came to mind is that as hardware gets ever more powerful computers and technology and consoles something that can happen and that does happen is that people are now able to revisit old games because our current hardware can run and emulate the older hardware so there's this sort of moving gap mm. that happens you know uh, but like 5 or 10 years or more where like right. the older stuff can run on the newer stuff, and as that moves up, that gap moves along with it. Right, and so you you now get access to games from you know a decade or more ago, oftentimes, um, on your newer system, and then you can explore and play those new games. Right. So I always found
2: I found I find emulation very difficult to always have a conversation about because there always becomes the question of piracy. Um. So I think we should skirt like we should preface the idea of
1: Oh, we don't condone piracy don't condone in any capacity. We don't condone piracy. Emulation is completely fine as long as you own the games that you're playing, you know, then then sure whatever, but we don't condone any actions of privacy or game or game piracy. piracy. You oh, yeah, wouldn't pi- download a
2: fucking car, would you? <laughs> I don't know, BMW is going to start charging fucking subscription fees for heated <laughs> seats, so I guess fucking so. <laughs> I mean even like
1: I own you know a whole log You don't of own N- anything anymore. I own a whole log of N64 games. You don't own games.
2: anything anymore. <laughs> everything is subscription and everything is licensed. My licenses. T-shirt is
1: subscription? Yes.
2: Will you just... pay for the fucking pigment
1: so in if the I ink? Go, If I go if I my... just going
0: to come and like erase the logo. You know,
1: if I go into my Apple iPhone and I go to my subscriptions in my account and I say unsubscribe from from T-shirt just I'll just go <laughs> And then it'll just, it'll, it'll vanish. just, it'll just, it'll
2: uh, <laughs> drop it like in Minecraft, like
1: boop. In a little tiny rotating <laughs> version of it. A little Apple car
2: will, will a prototype <laughs> Apple car will come by and snag it up. But um, from, I want to ask Justin from a technical perspective, um, emulation. Mm-hmm. So probably like five years ago, I was trying to find a emulator for the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. And I found one, but it wasn't complete. My head was kind of like, if we're able to emulate the GameCube, we're able to emulate, you know, N64, why were we not able to emulate? Like, why were people not able to successfully emulate the Xbox? And even till to- even today, there's still some people, like, they're still struggling to get the emulation working properly.
1: It's a combination of things. One, sometimes certain hardware is, is more difficult to try and emulate or takes more power to try and emulate. Um, a great example is, like, the PS3 is extraordinarily hard because of its very int- weird architecture construction in like for the the a processing unit that it uses to run the games um, the other is also like general community interest you know in the x ex- and maybe in the original xbox it's not as prevalent because of fairly decent backwards compatibility that generally the xbox consoles have had so it's not as needed or looked at, you know. Say versus other ones, and um, the Xbox I think has made strides. Like from five years ago, that that, that there is like yeah. functional emulators. So, like as you an know, example, I was Xbox. talking about
2: Azuric before Azuric Rise of Um The reason I wanted to get it five years ago was because I wanted to play the game, but mm-hmm. I wasn't able to because I couldn't find a working emulator that would run it. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, twenty twenty two. Um, I'm able to to, to run it, Mm -hmm. not well, it Mm -hmm. it doesn't run very well, it runs at like 20, 25 FPS, Um, and if I'm running it for an extended period of time, it starts to drop down to like 10, 15, I have to restart it, Um, but this kind of topic is twofold, one, I get to to live back part of, you know, going back to one of our old episodes from Mm -hmm. from sub-level one, Episode two, uh, nostalgia, (laughs) Um, oh, that's nine. <laughs> what the fuck is two? The one about reboots, remasters. Oh no, fuck that. I get to relive, you know, my nostalgia. Okay. But the other aspect is I get to try out games that I might not have played when you, I was Or
1: you wouldn't normally look at. It's right. Like you're not going to go into a store and see that game on the shelf. It's something right.
2: that It's but, dead
1: pretty yeah. much. It's a um, dead game. <clears throat> with the Xbox also in that in its era, it was like the most powerful console. It had the most processing capability so that itself will also make it more difficult to emulate cuz you'll need more power to emulate right. the more powerful hardware so like i guess
2: part of me from a from i guess i'm just not understanding what emulation also is Emu-
1: like you're not running the game if that's what you think you're so doing so
2: that's that's what i'm trying to understand the the one thing that's running in my mind is watching people make like 4 bit computers
1: in minecraft think of it using like using redstone think of
2: it like is that, that what that's pretty are just much doing? what it is yes that's in my mind you're,
1: you're emulating the entire hardware structure of the console but in software so like all the different uh you know data pipelines and things that are moving around and how the the cores are constructed it's all like done in software it's emulated in software so you're not just running the game you're 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 the computer is running running. a software version of that console that is then running the game so there's like a lot of layers and that's why it usually takes a lot of processing power and there's that gap of where of what modern hardware uh what old hardware can be emulated on modern hardware you know if in two thousand ten to emulate an Xbox probably impossible right. with it with the current with the uh, power Dude, that's capability funky to think about did
0: that make sense to any of our uh non computer science listeners out there no, okay, it didn't make sense to me either. I'm right there with you
1: <laughs> imagine like you know if a, if a something like an Xbox is a bunch of little and like Electronic hardware, you know, transistors and things and, and pipelines and stuff moving around from different components and all that. Just like imagine it's all like a electronics like board. Imagine trying to take that and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm going, make an iPhone. Yeah, I'm gonna on make my that computer. in software. So what that means is like, okay, I have this little piece of data that represents like a thing on the board. Like, or I have, or this is like one core and it does all these things. But you're saying like, it's, 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 I'm trying to find the best way to say it. It's when you develop stuff for, um, a phone, for a phone mm-hmm. often, um, or for any mobile hardware, most of the time you have an emulator on device, uh, on, on your machine that emulates running this software on what would be a phone android uh blue stacks uh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. um and it can differ because there's architectural differences on like an arm processor versus usually what our computers run which is now we're getting a little too far for some of the idiots like me (laughs) it's like
0: we've been too far
1: There's a lot of layers. That's basically yeah, – it. there's like, a lot of layers like onion. Of, of abstraction that happen. And it takes a lot of power to run each layer to get from the computer you're running on to the game. I think so that just, that's hard. just more evidence of the fact that we live hard. in a simulation. It's, you could, you're simulating an Xbox on a computer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Me and my coworker wear like the same clothes very frequently. And I think it's it's just like a glitch.
2: Like
1: you both have the same, like we just have the same
0: wardrobe. You're both
2: young white frat boys. You go no, no.
0: no, But I'm talking about like we wear the same clothes on the same day, like without coordinating, without speaking to one another. Statistically, it makes sense though. You're both have never
2: been in a fraternity. (laughs) I know, but you you both have cultural similarities. You're both white. You're both from middle upper middle class neighborhoods. It's,
1: It's about they're on like they're on the similar like vibe length. Yeah, I you know okay.
0: I think it's it's just a glitch. <laughs> I'm supporting your thesis
1: that we live in a simulation, oh, and right, you're fine. you're actively trying to refute me. <laughs> all right, emulation is a cool topic, though. That's yeah. how Super uh, uh, 3D All Stars works. What? It's oh uh, for, yeah, Super Mario 3D All Stars right, that runs. Right. Oh right, um, right. right. We I mean that's how Odyssey, the backwards I mean, compatibility Odyssey. on Xbox. Yes. That's how that it's works. It's emulating the mm-hmm. older consoles. It's, it's running the, it's a software so version weird. of the older console. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That's That's true. wild.
0: So why do you need a physical disc in order to do that then? Licensing. Licensing. Oh,
1: okay. So that's my okay. just that's that, greedy. Well, gotcha. no, that's greedy, just, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> just how they do licensing. <laughs> that's just licensing. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I shouldn't gotcha. say greedy. That's how, that's, that's how they just, make their money. Even, uh, your, even modern games that you install, like if you have on an Xbox and you, in, you know, you have to install it to the hard drive, it's not running off the disc it's running off the hard drive and the disc is simply a license. Yeah, yeah. So if you were to, if you bought a disc and you installed it and then you went and bought a digital copy, you wouldn't have to reinstall it. You're just, that's now the license is digital on the Xbox. So
0: forget, like I know there's a handful of games that that are not backwards compatible Mm. exclusively because of licensing issues. Is it more, is it more so because of like legal and licensing copyright kind of issues as opposed to actual like a technological levitation on the
1: game? Oftentimes it is technological and there is there is licensing stuff in in terms of like that type of a situation, but oftentimes it is like technical hurdles because every game it runs different or utilizes the hardware in different ways, and there's a lot of different edge cases of of how things work. Like emulators are not perfect. It's hard to make to make things like that perfect um, and so certain games will run better than others. And you'll have maybe visual glitches or things don't load correctly or stuff happens. And a lot of times it is a technical barrier because usually those lists for Xbox Mm -hmm. are like all – it's a curated list of like games they've tested and ran and make sure they work right. And if they don't, they have to go and modify how the emulation is done to get it to work right or do it on a game-by-game basis and modify things.
2: So, I mean, do you know, is Microsoft going to be – like is Microsoft going to be – adding more games to
1: backwards compatibility uh that's a great uh, question point, I, mean, I defer that to google because i don't know <laughs> or bing nah. i defer that to bing I ber- defer because to bing. i get rewards i get Bing rewards i got i got 20 bucks done, uh, I got yeah bing how do you think her.
2: i pay for my uh, halo skins <laughs> how years. do you think i pay my rent dude
1: <laughs> bing rewards pays
2: for my mortgage <laughs>
0: <laughs> this would get me through the gas prices
2: <laughs> But, but um, it was a, So, Earthbound for you yes, was, was a game, I've a game that you were able to retroactively play
1: that I never originally uh, yeah. what accessed. What about you, Brian? Anything that comes to mind? That you've played, either remaster or emulation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah? Jet Set Radio. Yeah? Yeah. Jet Set Radio.
2: So wait, you didn't play that when it came out?
0: No, I did. Alright, so let me elaborate. I played Jet Set Radio Future, which... Is the game the I was version. going to talk about today, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, which was the quote unquote sequel was that came we out Who? in 2000. Yeah, it was kind of like a retelling of the, of the original story. Mm. Um, the original game, Jet Set Radio, released in Japan on the Sega Dreamcast in 2000. Wow, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. um, it is one of the first examples of a game using shell, uh, cell shading mm oh, in part of shit. its hairstyle, yeah, it's like like, and I'm talking like. One of like the third or fourth games to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, there's only
2: been like four or five games to do it. No, there's no. a pretty extensive list. There's a pretty extensive list. <laughs> Breath of the Wild does it too, right? Yeah. 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 Breath of the Wild is cel shading? It's much
0: yeah. more. Cell shading is now not the outline.
1: That's not what cell shading oh. is.
2: I just, whenever I think of cell shading, they often think of, go hand in hand with oh, cell shading. Borderla- like, borderlands?
1: Borderlands? No, technically it's not cell shaded. But that there's. I forget what that actual term is for the outlining, but that's not cell shading. Cell shading is is um shading so like color differentiation on like a character for example usually there's like a gradient of color in cell shading it's distinct colors so like you'll see a distinct change from like uh, oh, this so, color to this color to this color. Oh, so to this it's color. intentional though. It's yeah, it's an intentional. It's artistic, an artistic um, yes, yeah uh, implementation. Okay. Yeah, and the outline I forget is another thing. It's just they often are paired together. Yeah, it looks uh, very
0: unique. It's very very awesome to look at. Um, it, it's very colorful. I, it's it's just it's so enjoyable. Um, I see yeah, you have I the case. case. Take a look okay. at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So oh, that's that's <laughs> yes. Yeah, so okay. that disc is actually um. There's like a bunch of demos on it. Um, so there's two games: Sega GT to 2002, Cummag thing. Oh my god! And then Jet Set Radio Future is on there, but I didn't get to play. That's a yeah. picture from the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only able to play it more recently, like within the last ten years, because it was ported to iOS. Oh, for a really? very brief time. For a very brief time, it was ported to is it iOS. it no longer on? No, it was taken off the store. It was on Android and um, iOS. It was taken off of both. I'm assuming for licensing issues,
1: but it's taken Maybe off both. Are you sure? Music. Maybe it might be music related. If I'm it's assuming licensing. it is, I and
0: I know I'm pretty sure that's the reason why it's it's only backwards compatible up to the 360, and they uh, haven't like made an effort to to do it again because of the licensing issues because yeah. they have. A lot of music in this game that is original tracks, but also there's like some sprinkled in from actual other artists that mm-hmm. it just gets complicated. Gotcha. Um but have either of you seen the movie Inside Out?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. that's the one where the emotions okay. are characters, yes. right? Louis
0: yeah. Black. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that movie um enforces the idea of like core memories mm. and they all form like the different islands of personality or whatever they call it. This game is that for me. It really is. If, if I could, I think there's only like a handful of pieces of media that you will come across in your life that will actually stick with you in such a way that it influences either the person you become or the way you see the world or your tastes in, in, Media. Media and art and, and creativity, music, whatever. Um, I Elaborate. What do you mean by that? This game, I, I swear to God, I think has influenced my taste in music, my taste in what I want out of games, what, what art styles that I gravitate towards. So let me get into the game because I, I've been, you guys know, I've been ranting about this game for months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um it's one of my favorite games of all time (sighs) just shut the fuck up i will beat your ass (laughs) um uh, it is the only game and i'm talking specifically i'm going to be talking about jet set radio future future, because that's the one that i grew up with it's the one i have the most experience with um it's the only game i've beaten a double digit amount of times Wow! Like over ten times, I've played through the game entirely. Yep. I keep coming back to it, and it's always fresh. Hmm. And it's the only game I've one hundred percent completed twice. Nice. Wow. And I think that says a lot yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah, you, you still haven't beaten Elden Ring. If Nick said that, then yeah, it wouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> but I don't one hundred percent complete. Yeah, games. you
2: haven't even beaten Elden Ring. I'm I'm, I'm
0: I beat Elden. Ring. No, you you are literally
1: not <laughs> done with it. <laughs> The time has passed. (laughs) (laughs) It was a phase.
0: So, again, about the game, um, you basically the premise is you are a bunch of like teenagers in a street gang called the GGS.
1: You're hooligans, and
0: you're basically it's like an anti-government kind of thing where you're going up against the Rokaku group. They're basically this big business organization, like a, a like some tech mogul who's trying to stomp out culture oh, and take familiar. over. Yeah, he buys out the police department. He's oh. passing all kinds of laws oh. and trying to... Yeah, literally Plan. trying to, like, take over the world. I've been there, yeah. Game goes to from, like, zero to a hundred really fucking fast. If you've ever played it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know what he's talking about. I really. know you don't. <laughs> um,
2: been but, there. Done that.
0: So you basically... um you are a bunch of teenagers on these inline rocket-powered skates. Okay. So a lot of the mechanics are based on um, obviously skating. So it... grinding, um, half pipes, things that are not also physically possible, like grinding up telephone poles. That's a thing you could do. People fast enough. It's... No. <laughs> yeah. No. Listen. No. I mean, listen. Hey. No. <laughs> I did
2: free running in parkour for a little while. Right. One. When you're trying to jump. Up like a tall wall,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: don't you don't run up it. You run into it, and that's how you get the high. The well, height. yeah,
1: because your actual tracked movement is running at the wall, a jump, and then as you're running up, you're actually going off the wall at a slight angle, and then you're pulling up because no. you're not running. You're not vertically actually moving up. You're moving at a slight angle away from the wall because you're pushing at the wall. Right. Well, so you, it's a little more complicated. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. You're basically in like a territorial kind of of tug-of-war with a bunch of other gangs that are in Tokyo-toe. It's like a fictional version of Tokyo, if you couldn't figure that out. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So basically, your goal, at least in the earlier stages of the game, is to tag as many walls as possible with graffiti. Graffiti is a huge aspect of the game, Um, and it was actually, the original game was taken to court for encouraging vandalism. So it was like yeah, it was like a whole thing. So <laughs> why won't anybody think of the children?
2: <laughs> I fucking hate people. It's, it's Video ridiculous. games are satanic. It's
0: ridiculous. But the game is the game has a very like self-referential sense of humor. It like knows exactly how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like when the police are coming after you, like the first level, they'll send a few you know, officers after you. You just have to like knock them over and spray their backs with graffiti and that's how you take them out. You just spray their backs and I guess they stop. Graffiti is like a magic weapon in this game. It destroys everything. And then like two Can levels later world hunger. And then two levels later, um, they've they've deployed an armored tank <laughs> battalion. <laughs> To stop you from spraying graffiti. Are you sure
1: you're not spraying like sulfuric acid, and you're actually <laughs> maiming all of these guys, committing war crimes? I don't know.
0: I really don't know because it destroys everything. It blows up jet planes. They send jet planes after you. Armored attack helicopters. It's it's so goddamn ridiculous. And it, it like I said, it goes from zero to one hundred in two point five seconds. It's so funny. Um, but the biggest, the biggest thing about this game is. The soundtrack, And I've raved about it for literally years. I gave both of these assholes homework before we sat down to do this episode. I made them listen to a bunch of stuff. Um, the soundtrack was produced by the legendary Hideki Naganuma. He is a goddamn masterclass when it comes to sampling. Um, so if anybody doesn't know what sampling is um, in the music production world, it's basically where you're taking... Snippets from either other songs or television broadcasts, basically any other audio. Or chicken fingers. And,
2: chicken fingers fries. Super size. <laughs> Tacos and pizza. And the <laughs> Tacos and pizza.
1: Yeah, it's basically and taking and any, any other snippet of
0: audio and basically working it into another song in a really creative way and he it is littered throughout this entire soundtrack and it is just so goddamn unique and creative even if you're, you know, you might not vibe with the style of music i understand like a big part of it is nostalgia mm. for me that's why i like it so and much i will
2: say they are pretty good songs but like songs, i wish
0: i wish we could play this for you guys the songs are genuinely really good is there a way we can like link um
2: no, in no the i description? don't think we're allowed to
0: in the description like we can't put a youtube link for like a playlist
2: no okay
0: Okay, well, go on YouTube. Look up the Jet Set Radio Future soundtrack if you haven't done that already. Treat yourself to some some really, really, really incredible music.
1: Even if you don't personally care for it, and it sends and it's some of the songs' eclectic styles that uh, it gets you moving. It gets, gets you
0: vibe, Yeah, and that's the whole idea. I feel like
2: my my uh, I feel like the president of my firm would vibe with it, and he's like an old man and he'd even be like oh yeah fuck this well so that's possible.
0: exactly it so this game is 100% music 100% of the time there is never not music playing during this game every menu every loading screen every level every cutscene does not matter there is always music playing and it's stitched together in a really nice way it's presented as a radio broadcast jet set radio um, it's like an underground pirate radio station headed up by DJ Professor K, who's just one of the greatest characters of all time. I love him so much. Um, he reminds me of Justin a little bit. Really? He has a similar voice. That's is flattering. He as, is he as stupid? No. Oh. No. All right. So Justin's better. <laughs> Um, but the whole thing is like i said presented as a radio broadcast so all of the songs are stitched together like a continuous Dj set right so all the songs just kind of flow into one right. another very nicely so there's That's no cool. no downtime whatsoever because the game wants you to constantly move and it's fun to do that the it's such a tightly polished game the controls are so buttery smooth it it's it this is one of sega's most highly requested games for them to bring back. And it's it's obnoxious because Sega will always put out polls like, "Hey, what games do you want to see make a comeback?" Literally every single time, Jet Set Radio is like the number one requested franchise, and they just they just sit on it. They don't fucking do anything. I'm really. sure there's
1: a reason for it. It might be I wonder if it if if that kind of a game without significantly innovating on the base concept if it would work. Like, so in modern yeah
0: is it does it work in modern times? We're know. gonna find what? out this year. We're gonna no. fucking find out this year. So Team Reptile oh, yeah. is like a, a, a separate developer. Uh Sp- independent off. independent of Sega. Um they're making a spiritual successor for the twentieth. This is the twentieth year anniversary of Jet Set Radio Future. Um Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which is a game that Alec and I are super, super hyped for. It especially because Hideki Naganuma Oh, he's, he's doing the soundtrack. Ooh. Yes. That was one of the songs that I had sent you guys. is one mm. of the songs from the new game. Um, I'm just like, I'm so excited to hear some of his more modern work and, and see. And the gameplay and the trailers they're putting out looks fucking fantastic. I'm so hyped for this game. That's why I said at the beginning of this episode, what am I most hyped for? bomb rush cyber bomb rush 110% alright alright right. right. I can I cannot wait to play that game yeah, well, if it's bad it. I'm gonna literally well, die well see inside. That,
2: that's part of the I mean it's not gonna spiritual be successors ukulele was supposed to be a spiritual successor to um banjo kazooie and it did not do well because I never played the ukulele it was not a very polished game mm. you know it wasn't consistent and right. stuff like that. Um hopefully that doesn't happen. Hope not.
0: The stuff they've showed us like the gameplay trailers they've showed us everything looks slick as hell. Yeah. Like
2: more so than Marketing's the original
0: game. That's true. That's true. But
1: you have something on your mind, Justin? No, I was... I, I mean, yes. I was thinking of... You mentioned before... B- Bubsy 3D. Um, yeah, Bubsy 3D. No. <laughs> I guess
0: I gotta play this game. Sounds pretty fun.
1: Uh, how certain pieces of game... In our cases, games and things like that have shaped how our, our preferences, ourselves, our outlook on stuff... Um. One game I think that has probably shaped my life more than any, and it's pro- it's not really retro, but it's old at this point. I think it's 16 years old now. Yeah, 16 years old. Uh is Gary's mod. <laughs> which itself is based off of the engine and contents of a game that came out in 2004, Half-Life 2. Um, Wait, 16 years ago was 2006? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> we're, we're getting up there, man. Oh, man.
0: Can I actually elaborate <laughs> on that while you're on the point? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I realized I forgot to even mention it, but I, I had said that I think that it shaped a lot of it. Like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think that I have one of the most eclectic tastes in music out of anybody I know. Like, a lot of people gravitate um, to certain genres. I don't but... know. I don't know if eclectic is the right word. I think
2: varied. I think eclectic Diverse. I think eclectic Diverse. is definitely the right word because eclectic if would you, mean that you would you would listen to like fucking wall noise and we do sometimes we don't though <laughs> I <laughs> don't know what I do. fucking Tibetan but it's that no, one thing is like, music
0: like if you were to yeah, look at no, my phone saying, if I you looked at my phone like Monday I'm listening to Avicii Tuesday Fetty Wap do I have to Wednesday, bring up the thesaurus Beethoven, again Thursday um fucking Nat King Cole Friday
1: is that some other
0: maybe partially genre because of, music. of
1: the sampling that it's 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 a mixture of like different kinds of genres of music. That I think it's so.
0: Like... Well, because you had used the word first, you said that it's like a very eclectic style, and and Indiscri- there's so many... I'm gonna go with indiscriminate. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, there's just so many different unique sounds, and and I love it. Like I just want more of it. I just I like I want to hear all of it. I want to hear every sound. I want to hear every expression. I, I like music is so important to me and this game is all about music. And it's just I don't I don't think I would have the same love of music that I do if not for this game. Cuz those were formative years. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's game.
1: definitely I believe that cuz I, I don't think there was a game that I played um that influenced my music in any capacity because I didn't really get into music until like my college years yeah which are still going on but uh, like <laughs> end of, basically end of, end of high school beginning of college I didn't like I would listen to some like popular songs you know in a 10 year time span I accrued like 90 different songs which is like yeah. nothing uh you know I like, got, you know I got made fun of by our one of our friends sisters um because
2: I, ha- I had wink. <laughs> I had um I think I had, like, 300 songs in my likes playlist or whatever. And she's like, 300? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you have? Like, 1,900? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I got something wrong. Like, I, I always was, like, kind of self-conscious because I was always very picky with my music taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I think It's just,
1: you know, an extension of, of your person, you know. Yeah. 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 Very and, particular.
2: And um, I kind of got self-conscious about that. So... I just started adding songs to my play and I didn't even like them. (laughs) It's like having a fucking stacked friends list.
0: It's just like you haven't what? talked to anybody in eight years. Look at
2: all my songs. Look <laughs> at all my songs. Am I cool yet? And, and you know what? It honestly kind of affects me to this day. Like, we hired a new guy at the firm. And whatever, we're all, we're all just talking. We started singing Hey Brother by Avicii. And you. then uh, one guy, is like, so what kind of music do you guys listen to? And everybody's saying. And, and like, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know. What? I'm self-conscious about who I listen well, to What do now. you... Well.
1: You I mean you have a particular taste for like electronic and subgenres yeah. in there. Fancy oh. Lund Depression <laughs>
2: Space Depression. Uh,
1: I I totally understand that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is that makes sense. And I can see that. And to what I was saying, again, even though it's not technically like a retro game, but it's old for me. It was a for, it was in it's my formative it's years. It's the same
0: idea. I get you.
1: Yeah. That uh. the game I think influenced my um I don't know if social knowledge, but like my my ability to socialize in that game was expanded it,
2: it made you less autistic it
1: made you me more social so yes, the same thing um, <laughs> <laughs> and also is probably the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing in my life in school right like, I started with engineering and now I'm doing computer science instead. And it's enlarged almost entirely because of that game and the things that it allowed me to do. And it influenced my life in a lot of different ways. And there's going on a smaller scale, um, I see ga- there are games that I played throughout my life that have like set benchmarks. Like games need to meet this in this criteria or, like, it's just not that good. Right. Um, I get what two, you're saying. Two games that, that exemplify movement, I think, that are, like, tight, tight. <laughs> <laughs> because, tight. Because, because, because that's the emotion that it evokes. Is One, Super Mario Odyssey has some of the nicest fucking platforming movement I have ever played in a game. And two, Titanfall, in a first-person shooter, is is so feels so good. But even through the years, like... Plenty of games have shaped that. I'm trying to think of, of examples off the top of my head that are like, I say, older, um, of that era. While well, I'm well, I'm thinking, does anybody else have anything to add to that? Anything else that uh, that formed your your being or your preferences yeah, did you or one? your likes? I
2: have one? I think maybe the the early because a lot of the, doing this kind talking about this during during this uh, this room makes me think of Azuric. It makes me think of Fable. It makes me think of even even the first Halo. The expansiveness of a world and the expansiveness of your power and reach. And then freedom. I think that might be why games like Minecraft mm. and stories like Ragnarok, Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Sekiro, the complicated inter- interactions between so many moving parts and then and then freedom in Minecraft. That might be okay. why, like, because I started with those games in a sense. Mm-hmm. Hell, even even the Odd World Munch's Odyssey game, it was very open. Like, yeah, it was open levels rather than open world, but the levels you could just fuck around in if you wanted to. You can collect all the, whatever those green fucking things were called. I forgot what they were like a little. Was little... It like a currency kind of thing? Or is I it... don't even know. But, um,. Like, was it a currency?
1: Or just some uh, kind of collectible or something. Yeah,
2: but there are these, you know, you either save all the little fuzzies or save all the slaves or just finish the level. Mm. Um, I hate using that word in such a lighthearted sense, slaves. The um, indentured servants. Um, Not call better. it what it is.
1: If they're slaves, they're slaves. That's just the nature of the game. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, they actually call them factory workers. Mm. Assets. Assets. <laughs> but I think that's probably what's Company property. Let's move along. <laughs> Women. No. No. No, no, no. Uh, uh, that's a hundred percent a joke, I promise. Brian says no. Uh,
0: no, I don't <laughs> say no. Uh,
2: um to to move on. Um that's probably what started my exploration into, you know, even then, like, map making, like Forge and Minecraft and so on and mm. so forth, and in Forge and Halo. Like, I love making maps and that, even if they never get played. It's just, like, building something that... Hell, the trials tracks that I've made, two of them ended up on Rooster Teeth's, uh... That was cool. That I... was
1: cool. I remember that. So what you're telling me is, is you, uh... You... Found a love for forging your own path and your own world. I like your
2: play on words. <laughs> I'm trying to create free will in a world that doesn't have any free
1: will. Well, all actions are predetermined. Are oh, 100%. It's all just a construct.
2: No, I would, yeah.
1: I mean, that is a construct. Any other thoughts? <laughs> well, you had a thought. I, I did? Yeah. You
2: And then you kicked it off to me. You're oh, like, oh, yeah I' yeah. thinking I didn't think of anything oh, at the
0: moment okay. it That's
1: sounds okay. about right <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, yeah any other closing thoughts before we think we wrap up today?
2: I feel like I'm sitting in a sauna,
1: yeah, me too huh. it's well, good for the skin, yeah, is it really?
2: I think heat is bad for your skin, but it's good it's, it's good for your uh your relaxation there there's something that there's a reason saunas are like they're like oh, good yes. for one part of you but not you yeah. know detox I don't
1: fucking know to sweat
2: everything out I just I just do drugs I went
0: to I was in your bathroom before and I was you're not allowed in that bathroom full disclosure I was taking a whiz too late I was taking a whiz Um, and Jack has a a light installed in his toilet and it was (laughs) it was lit up yellow and I started doing my thing and it turned red and I thought like I pissed off the toilet. <laughs> I've, I've never had that experience it ag- You aggroed it. I was like you guys didn't hear me. You'll see yeah. a health bar pop up on the wall. <laughs> you guys didn't hear me. I was like behind the door screaming like I don't like that. I don't like that. Help, help, help. <laughs> You're fucking
2: You're fucking <laughs> I'm There's sorry, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> I it back.
1: See like arms come out and it's like <laughs> it goes out. No, that
2: I just imagine that. That's terrifying. It's like a trunk <laughs> mimic. <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Well, on that note, thank you everyone for joining us today. On in that bomb walk down memory lane, Show. and on that bombshell. The we need a bombshell lane. to end on. No, no, no. much as
2: Odyssey. Yeah. Talked about the fact
1: that women are property.
0: no no No, they're not all right Mm -hmm. on that bombshell have a good night (laughs) before this gets
1: any worse thank you for joining we'll see you in the next one Bye. Bye. bye good night folks